welcome back to another episode of the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. My name is Joe. I am a registered dietitian and the purpose of me being here is to smash the taboo of binge eating. It is so good to have you here too and thank you for coming back week after week to listen to my latest podcast episode because you are the reason why I'm doing this. I started the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast because I just didn't feel there was enough talk, enough conversation around these really difficult aspects of food and our relationship with food. Sure, I can find out lots of information about what the best diet looks like, but is that relevant to you? No. You know what good nutrition is about. You know what a protein is. You know what a carbohydrate is. You don't need more information about how to get more fruit and veg in your day. You know about that, but what you don't know is how to manage when you want to add more fruit and veg in your day, but you can't stop binging on ice cream. So enter me. That was my purpose of starting this podcast. So it is so good to have you here week after week. Let's get into today's episode topic. So I'm doing an episode today all about diagnoses and having a diagnosis of an eating disorder. It is often said to me, Joe, I listen to your podcast and everything that you say resonates with me. Everything that you say, I'm nodding along and I'm like, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. So am I self-diagnosing here? Have I just diagnosed myself with some eating disorder that I didn't know that I had? So today I want to shed some light on that and I'm going to offer more insight into the diagnoses of eating disorders and disordered eating and what you can do if you feel that there's something not quite right but you're not sure if you have an official diagnosis, you're just feeling a bit confused and don't know what to do next. Before I get into it, please don't take any healthcare advice from this podcast, okay? It is just for education and information purposes only. Do always seek out the individualized support of your doctor or your nurse or indeed your dietitian because they actually know you. They know the ins and outs of your eating habits. They know what is best for you. And if you didn't know, you can work with me on a one-to-one basis. I do um, a package of eight weeks where I work with clients on a one-to-one basis. So you get individualized support straight from me that is tailored for you, your situation and your relationship with food. If you want to know more, there's a link in the show notes where you can book a free introductory call so that we can talk about how I can best fit your needs and help you to achieve a life that is not dictated by food, food choices, and of course, binge eating. All right, let's get into today's episode. If you are concerned that you are self-diagnosing with an eating disorder, here are my tips and my advice for you. The first thing I would like to let you know is that you don't need a diagnosis of anything in order to receive help. But in saying that, I do acknowledge that if you are in Ireland or in the UK, and I'm sorry, I don't know about the healthcare systems in all countries, so I'm just going to use those two as reference because those are two that I know very well. If you're in either of those two countries, 
it might be more difficult to seek out services in the public sphere. So services that are paid by the state, either in the HSE in Ireland or the NHS in the UK. If you don't have a diagnosis, it's going to be much harder to access those. And I really hate that that's the case, because what is sick enough? Sure, you don't have a diagnosis right now, but maybe you will in the future if you continue on this path. I wish that there was more resources pumped into prevention and catching people in the early stages of an eating disorder. But unfortunately, that just isn't happening right now. But please don't let this put you off speaking to your GP or your primary care physician about your problems because there might be some free eating disorder services in your area that I just don't know about. That is certainly possible. So don't let this put you off talking to your GP. There are also fantastic resources by the eating disorder charities. So BodyWise in Ireland and Beat in the UK. And they often run support groups for people who have a disordered eating or an eating disorder that's not diagnosed. So do make sure to check out those two websites and subscribe to their email lists if they have them so that you can be kept in the know about their free services. If you are privileged enough that you can afford private healthcare or if you live in the States where private healthcare insurance is more commonplace, then please know that you do not have to wait for any diagnosis to seek out any help. My advice to you is if you feel that your disordered eating or eating disorder is taking over your quality of life, if it is taking up more of your headspace than you would like to admit, if you feel that you have struggled with disordered eating for quite some time and you still can't wrap your head around it, then don't hesitate. Reach out to somebody like me or a therapist who has a specialty in eating disorders. The second thing that I would like you to know is I want to give you a bit of an overview about what disordered eating actually is. So for the most part, eating disorders follow very strict criteria, very strict diagnostic criteria that all have to be met in order for an eating disorder to be diagnosed. And of course, you know, the most common eating disorders are anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge eating disorder, which was only added as an eating disorder in 2013. There are other criteria for other eating disorders that are well accepted and well regarded. But unfortunately, there's no globally accepted definition of what is disordered eating. And all of these criteria for eating disorders, they're all in the DSM-5. So that big manual that contains diagnostic criteria for all mental health conditions. Unfortunately, disordered eating is not listed in that book. So it's not something that can be diagnosed as such. But having said that, I have found some criteria that may be indicative of disordered eating. If you think this, this will be helpful. The following is from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics here in the USA. And I have found similar criteria on the National Eating Disorders Collaboration website in Australia. So I think this is the best definition we're ever going to get. 
just between you and me, I would love if disordered eating was listed in the DSM-5 because once it gets in there, it means that this condition is worthy of respect, it's worthy of help, and it's worthy of public services to be funded to treat this condition. But I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'll live in hope. So here are some guidelines and some symptoms of disordered eating. Signs and symptoms of disordered eating may include, but are not limited to, frequent dieting, anxiety associated with specific foods or meal skipping, chronic weight fluctuations, rigid rituals and routines surrounding food and exercise, feelings of guilt and shame associated with eating, preoccupation with food, weight and body image that negatively impacts quality of life, a feeling of loss of control around food, including compulsive eating habits, and using exercise, food restriction, fasting or purging to make up for bad foods consumed. So what do you make of that list? I will link the exact article that I just read out from in the show notes so you can read through them again and ask yourself, is this me? Is this something that could be problematic for me? If it is, again, I do always encourage that conversation with your GP or your primary care physician. And don't be afraid to print off that list and bring it to them and give them examples of how every one of the criteria or some of the criteria, you don't have to meet them all, how they relate to you. Or if you are in the position where you can go straight for some private services, then if you do meet any of the criteria on that list, you are deserving of help once you are in the right space for it though. You may tick some of those boxes that I just read out, but you don't feel that you have a problem at the moment or you don't feel ready to change. Maybe you still really enjoy dieting and you get a buzz from it and you're trying your best to make your latest diet work. If that's you, then that's okay. But just know that there is this whole realm of disordered eating that you may benefit from some help from in the future if you do find that you are obsessing about food and dieting for a long time. And finally, my last point is please don't deliberate for too long. Is this a problem for me? Is this something that I'm dealing with? Is this disordered eating? Is it an eating disorder? Try to not get too wrapped up in your head about this. My best advice to you is to talk to a professional about it because they will see it from a different point of view. They will hear your story. They'll hear your symptoms. They'll hear what you're experiencing And they'll be able to use their expertise to suggest maybe this is an eating disorder or this sounds like it's more congruent with disordered eating. As I've said lots of times in this episode, please don't be afraid to speak to your GP about it. I know that talking about this with a GP is not easy, especially if you live in a country, I'm looking at you, Ireland and the UK, where GP appointments are incredibly short sometimes only 10 minutes. And I don't want you to go in there feeling like, okay, I have 10 minutes to justify my problems. You are deserving of help. My advice to you is to arrive at your appointment armed with whatever information is going to back up your case. 
So if you feel that you may have binge eating disorder, then take along with you the diagnostic criteria for binge eating disorder. Remember, binge eating disorder is in the DSM-5, so there are very specific diagnostic criteria for that. And if you feel that you meet most of them or all of them, then take that sheet out of the DSM-5, I'll link it in the show notes, take it with you to your GP so you can show them, look, this is what I'm experiencing and this falls under the diagnosis of binge eating disorder. Is it possible that I have this and I need to be investigated for it? Or if you feel that you resonate more with disordered eating, then as I said, bring along those criteria that I just listed out for you. As I've mentioned earlier, disordered eating is not in the DSM-5, so it is harder to diagnose. Disordered eating is more of a description of maladaptive eating behaviors, but having that list with you may just put it in black and white writing. This is what I'm experiencing. It's taking over my life and I need help. Okay, I have to admit that this podcast episode was driven by passion. I didn't write out any notes for this. This is all information that is in my head. So I'm sorry if it came out a little bit rambly. But my main points are, firstly, please don't wreck your head by trying to self-diagnose an eating disorder or disordered eating. Do your best to talk to a professional about it. You can talk to your GP, your primary care physician... And if you are in a position where you can afford private healthcare, then consider reaching out to an eating disorder specialist, somebody like me or a therapist who specializes in eating disorders, and they will be able to offer you more guidance on what you're experiencing. In the case of eating disorders like binge eating disorder, bring along with you the diagnostic criteria so that you can speak to your GP or primary care physician about what you're experiencing as a way to back you up. And even if you feel that it is disordered eating and not an eating disorder, still bring along the list that I read out just as a way to show what you are experiencing and that you get all of your point across in such a short appointment. Remember to check out any free services by eating disorder charities in your country. You'll be surprised. There could be telephone hotlines that you can call or some eating disorder charities offer email support as well. So you can talk to somebody about your issues using email. And lastly, remember that no matter where you lie on the eating disorder spectrum, you are still deserving of help. You deserve support if you feel that your eating is taking over your life, if you can't think about anything else, if every social occasion is ruined because you're so busy thinking about how you look or what you're going to eat, then do consider talking to your GP or reaching out to a professional for support. All right. I would love to hear your experience talking to a professional about your eating disorder or disordered eating. I have heard horror stories of some professionals who just fob it off and recommend trying a new weight loss group or a slimming group. And that is just really wrong. So I hope that that doesn't happen very often. All right, I better leave you there, but thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Remember, if you would like to work with me on a one-to-one basis, don't hesitate, reach out and we'll get you enrolled on the eight-week package where we will be working towards you feeling like a normal person around food. 
and been able to eat food without having to think twice about it. It's a magical place to be. All right, I'll see you in the next episode, but until then, take care of yourself. Thank you.